Wanted.com. Uh, check out the Union Done Wanted. We're still doing these shows for the time being. Uh, every other Monday, uh, roughly, you can find them on Rockfin first, and then eventually, a couple days later, they will be available on all the audio platforms, and then uh, typically also on our Odyssey channel. So if you guys are looking for another video platform where you can find these shows, check out our Odyssey channel. And uh, and yeah, um, Sam might drop in, might not. Uh, Mike's on a vacay, a much needed vacay, I'm sure. And uh, and the rest of us are here to talk about everything and anything. So we're going to see where this conversation takes us. We're briefly talking about, because for some of you guys, if you're not familiar with um, Graham's show, Grime Erica, he's done a lot of work with Randall Carlson. And we were uh, talking to David about the little controversy with uh, Randall Carlson and uh, he was on the Rogan podcast late last year, talked about some technology that was based on some ancient wisdom and all this stuff. And, um, and, and then talked about how he would talk to Rogan about it in more detail in a later episode, which he meant like sometime in 2023. He goes on the show with this guy, Malcolm. Uh, his last name starts with a B. Bendel. Bendel. Bendel, yeah. And he's uh, like basically like some millionaire who he's done a bunch of different stuff, right? Different businesses and whatnot. And um, and then goes on, does, does, does this show. Malcolm on his Twitter account shows a video of him walking around JRE Studios and you see all that stuff. I get super excited because I, I truly believe that there's much more to... Uh, the universe and, and uh, our understanding of, of basically how everything works and, and possibilities is, is very limited. So I've, I've always been really intrigued with in, in this topic and I was really intrigued with what they had to say. And then for some reason, Rogan doesn't release this episode and Randall Carlson uh, talks to Graham and some other people and talks about how he has faith that Rogan's going to release this episode, but there's all these conversations going around about Rogan thinking it's too controversial and some people saying that Rogan thinks it's it's pseudoscience and BS and you know but I'm not sure it's technology that Rogan would understand so I'm assuming it would come from an outside source that's giving him this opinion that you know it, it doesn't work this technology wouldn't work or it's pseudoscience or whatever but the thing is he's had people on like Rupert Sheldrick who I, you know, I've had on my show too. You read his Wikipedia page, 
it says pseudoscience, you know, even though he has, yeah, you know, insane. Yeah. And, and so it, it's, it's fascinating because it's like, it almost makes it more sexy. I mean, that's the thing about many of us in this realm, like the, you know, it, we love these type of stories because now we can let our imaginations run wild. Like, and that's kind of what I've been doing. I'm like, okay, well, we were talking about before we started recording, you know, he's had Alex Jones on. He's had Milo on. He's had Bob Lazar. He's if you want to Bob, talk about UFOs and technology, yeah. he's had Bob on. So, but so yeah. who is this guy so that this he guy, won't talk talk about or oh, talk well, to? No, he did talk to him. He was on uh, the show. He, who, who's the guy? He 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 won't release the Malcolm. What is Bendall. he? What are they talking about? Do we even so, know what's this guy known for? Randall Carlson. Well, go ahead, Graham. I'll let you talk. Cause well, not, he, no, well, is he, it a Randall Carlson interview? Because well, he's Randall yeah, Carlson's Randall's on there with, with him there. He's, oh, with, he's been on Randall's a bunch, with, right? Yeah. Okay. Randall's with Malcolm there, and and they're oh, trying okay. to go over. And Randall's trying to get Joe to go over the technology of this whole thing, right? Because Randall's kind of been talking to Malcolm for seven years, and it, and he's it's time to kind of bring this out. And he kind of slipped it out on Rogan that one time late last year, which was a little early, right? So the Mazda, like the CEOs at Mazda were kind of freaking out because he mentioned Mazda and he mentioned like this lab and this other place and everybody kind of got everybody in a frenzy. And then of course the government came out talking about fusion and talking about over unity and their big laser, laser facilities. And anyways, and you, so, Randall's totally in on it or is he like, well, he's, he's into he's, it or is he kind of in the middle? He's into it. I mean, he's been talking to this guy for seven years and they came out to visit him. Now he spent like weeks and months trying to go over this technology, which is basically a, this plasmoid technology. It's like a it's like a mini thunderstorm generator that creates this plasmoid that collapses it back down to water. And it allows your car. You can put this little device on your car, kind of like uh, Stanley Myers uh, mm -hmm. running on car, running on water from the 90s. Right. Except this one doesn't use up the water. It just recycles it. But it creates a mini thunderstorm and a plasmoid that increases in size and then collapses into water and creates this energy. So once you start up the car and get it warm and running, you can you can use this thing to perpetually generate the car. That's the that's sort of the concept behind it. And and rant and it's based on a lot of Randall's works on sacred geometry, right? The right. the equipment's built with sacred geometry in mind, and it's 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 crazy how he he says he got it from the Sanskrit text like the Vajra. So I think in some ways it's a bit woo woo too, which is great for people like us because we love connecting all this stuff together. But that might have thrown Joe Joe off a bit too, right? It's it's hard to go forward with the scientific thing when the guy's talking about you know hearing the voice of God and getting it from the the ancient Sanskrit texts. That's what makes me wonder. Like I think that that's how all of us are, right? Like we sometimes bring guests on and entertain different theories and it's not always the theory that is the problem it's the way the guest delivered it it's the sort of i saw this in a vision and the angel gabriel showed up at my bedside and I, like and then you're now asked to believe into all this other stuff and it brings up so you, you miss maybe some valid information right so there's that because i'm the kind of person that i think there's something to this whole idea of ancient technology and how it may have been different but you're right, from the Sanskrit to, you know, even in the Western cultures, you know, the Bach saga, the Bach people, the Druids, the Celts, um, the ancient Egyptians, etc., all had these discussions of things that only make sense when you look at it as, oh, they're, they were inquiring into this type of technology, right? So there's something to it, but are the people that are out there saying, I've cracked the code and I can do this ancient divine sacred, you know, science technology have they really cracked it? Um, are some of them charlatans? Are they onto something and then maybe they just didn't come across properly and nobody believes them? Like, that's why this is a fun discussion because there is something to it, 
but there's also a lot of bullshit out there. So we have to figure out which is which, I guess. Yeah. So a lot of people are saying, well, <clears throat> Randall's protecting Joe because Joe, or sorry, Joe's protecting Randall because Randall's been mm-hmm. taken from a, for a ride from this guy and all this. And he's, you know, he's falling for it. But Randall's spent weeks and weeks with him and, and still, as far as I know, from the last time we talked on the union anyways, he still vouches for it and says, look, it's legit. I've talked to enough people that have seen this thing working and they've done enough demonstrations apparently and it's applicable to all levels of industry and all this. So it's a pretty huge thing. Apparently they're meeting with Indi- the Indian government and these other uh, heads of corporations for licensing and stuff. He's got the He's got a lot of his workings on the internet for like he's sort of open sourcing a lot of it too. Not open sourcing it, but... Uh, putting it out there for everybody. So, but there's still a lot of people that are skeptical, but you know, Randall still sort of says that, Hey, this is um, from, I've spent so much time with these guys. They're legit. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. I mean, I don't know. I just, I wish that Joe, I hope that Joe will end up releasing it, you know? Yeah. But let the people decide, right? Like just show the interview and let's see what I people mean. Think. Have we, have we speculated that perhaps Joe was, you know, had a, a phone call or a conversation where right. someone said, hey, look, we we know that the interview went down because, well, frankly, we're listening to all of your devices all the time in real time. So how could we not? I mean, how could we not? But uh, in light of the fact that this technology exists, we're uh, we're going to have to ask you to uh, just go ahead and, and leave that in the can there because well if you don't there's going to be a body count how about that yeah well that i mean of course that's the obvious thing the obvious thing that we would go to but i mean i'm trying not to go there but i do think then having eric weinstein on later and discuss and the whole ufo thing coming out and and then the 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 media going out of their way to call these things objects instead of the new term of unidentified aerial phenomena uaps they're calling them objects and they're talking about they, they, they're not even talking about finding the wreckage. They're looking for the wreckage in the lakes and in the, they don't even know where the wreckage is. So I think there's some, some, some connection here with new technology, the objects and Eric going on the show saying that he got tapped and called to help with disclosure. Well, you know, my, my fear is that they're going to get ahead of this and say, well, any of this new, whether it's fusion, any kind of splitting water into hydrogen, any kind of energy from this is is needs to be regulated and and licensed or something or taxed because it's dangerous. All they have to do is just claim it's dangerous. All this stuff is dangerous. People are making stuff in their basement and it's dangerous. Well, it, it, I saw you know the guy from uh, Bright Insight. Uh, what's his name? Um, Jimmy Corsetti. Yeah, Jimmy Corsetti. I love Jimmy Corsetti. And if you guys haven't checked out his interviews, he he did a some amazing interviews on the Rogan podcast. He also did a good one with uh, Danica Patrick, uh, the, the the car, I don't know, NASCAR uh, racer. And she's like super intelligent when coming down to these uh, topics. Like she's way more intriguing than I ever thought. And she did a amazing interview with uh, uh, Jimmy and they went down these rabbit holes. And she actually brought up a quote that I, I uh, remember reading years ago, but I think is, is linked to all this. She talked about uh, Tesla's quote about, uh, I'll read it to you. If, you. if you want to find the secrets of the universe, think in terms of energy, frequency, and vibration. And I think that that's really interesting because I think there's something about those three things that we haven't quite understood or, or we're missing. And if somebody does some groundbreaking work where they do end up coming up with some new technology that completely shatters tons of industries, tons of businesses, um, maybe 
even could be used for weapons. You think about like military use and all this stuff, like it could completely turn everything upside down. So I think sometimes people are talking about these topics and they're just thinking of like, oh, how the pyramids are made and all these things like oh, that could be a missing piece of the puzzle. Um, but, I, you know, when you think about why would they suppress it or why would they hide it from the public, like military use and then obviously financial reasons in regards to like just killing other industries. Uh, it, it's, it's fascinating because you see it in obviously in cancer research. Um, you know, I've had Dr. Brzezinski on my show, if you guys have never watched his documentary years ago, you know, and, and anybody else in the alternative media or alternative medicine community, like it doesn't go well when you're, when you push back against giant money-making industries. So uh, to fill salmon, what we're talking about is uh, the Randall Carl. The Jews? The Ju we're talking the Jew about the Jews, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were getting there. They brought up the Eric Weinstein thing. We didn't get to space Jews yet, but it was coming, Sam. Was that's coming. my so favorite. You just kind of brought it. How up. funny is it? Dave Chappelle does that sketch, and people lose their mind. And then Eric Weinstein's like, "We're the chosen ones to bring us to space." <laughs> it's like what? Oh God, it's the best. No, it's, it's Mushroom it's Monday. We're, we're talking about it's a Mushroom Monday. Monday. Yeah. About I mean, I just uh, I had a great podcast with uh, Whitney Webb on and then Rob Fonts from uh, Edge of Wonder. I just did them. And yeah, we were just basically talking about how like they're slow rolling a lot of this stuff out because, you know, what what everything that Ricky's saying, but also it's about cashing every check along the way to you know it's like by all estimates of all sci-fi authors we should all be have flying boards by now and flying cars and be able to fly through the space or whatever and we're not even close to that because they're just slow rolling everything out the cash checks on everything and again they don't want us to know how powerful they are and they want to keep us under their thumb so for sure well and they want to skip the flying car era and just go straight to digital slavery the right. flying cars allow us for a little bit too much freedom and they don't really you know like mesh with the 15 minute city thing so they're like no. ah well fuck it no flying cars <laughs> but but we won't let you leave your house unless you're a good boy Deal. but i think but i think it's getting away from them like dave dave said you know we just talked earlier before we started recording about dave zed having them you know come to his basement because he apparently tracked gravity or something right and his thing and then this ra whole randall thing and it's it's going to the other some governments and some corporations like i don't think they can keep a lid on this anymore so they got to find another way to get a get ahead of it right maybe making it sound dangerous or all of a sudden objects are being shot down and nobody wants to talk about what the objects really are and then eric's on there talking about why how the government doesn't have any real physicists working on this stuff like my favorite thing is that they uh you know we're shooting down ufo we're shooting down ufos which they're implying or inferring could be alien technology and they're like we shot it down but then like a balloon just like river dances into our airspace and their their minds are blown that oh my god this balloon where is it from? oh my god you know but then we're supposedly that you know, they got Tom Cruise's ass up there shooting down fucking uh, spaceships from hundreds of millions of miles away that somehow made it like they 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 really like to, to show us how how little they think of us, how how dumb they really think we are. And I had this. um Welcome, Mel. It's good to see you again. You look great. You always look great in all your new videos. I've been seeing you post. You look great. Um, 
I had this, um, I believe her last name is Young. Her name is Tasman, and she's from Australia. And she's met with the Palladians. So, and she was telling me, she had a really good point that, you know, there could be real contact happening, like real contact happening. Uh, but as we know, that the elites really love limited hangouts uh, and they love to take credit and be have their people in places to seem like they've come up with everything and they've done everything. And one thing Tasman was talking about is about how the real psyop of Project Bluebeam may be actually Project Bluebeam, not the holographs and all the stuff they're going to do, but the notion that it's the government that is uh, putting out these things and that these things may actually be real contact by, you know, uh, entities that have been watching us for a very long time. I found that to be very interesting and very consistent with what the parasite class likes to do. Well, I mean, even Eric mentioned that, right? He had the, he mentioned that weird part where he's like, we could be being protected by these entities that are protecting us from our own selves kind of thing or from other influences. Like he did make these weird references to, I can't remember the analogy he used, but so it's starting to, it's starting to come out. It's just teasing apart like the real contact from the, the fake government bullshit now. Yeah. Cause well, the, shooting- with the balloon thing. Like when did that come out and hit the news and they started kind of hinting at UFOs and then denying it, but hinting at it and going, Oh, we got this general that is saying they're shooting these silvery metallic objects that they don't know what they are. And it's like the the military is shooting at things that they don't know what they are. Are you shitting me right now? And then that's happening while the Ohio fiasco is going down and there's all these chemical plants blowing up in Quebec and like, you know, our food supply is being attacked and um, they're just, you know, I believe, you know, Sam, you got some good things there. I, I love that subject, you know, getting into that idea that it's like Richard Holglund's old take where he would say our solar system and our galaxy is seeded with other humanity and other species. And so there's a huge universe out there and there's different groups that, you know, um, look at this planet as like their property and the the beings on it as their property. So that's one way to look at it, at least. And the other is that, yeah, they want to deceive us as to the full nature of that story and only leak little bits out that will help them achieve other agendas. So it's kind of like, it is true, but what they're telling you is most likely bullshit, right? What's funny is that they, they sort of pass off that the government is shooting at, shooting at these unidentified objects as this is somehow some new phenomenon. But yeah, all you have to do exactly. is go back and look at STS 48 from the shuttle landing, the shuttle mission in 1991, where you can see that directed energy beam from the earth shooting at a moving target that zips out of the way and a beam goes right by it. That's 30 years ago. Or Battle of Los Angeles. When was that? Battle of Los Angeles. That was 48, 47. Yeah. Yeah. 52, maybe? Was it? I don't know. $1, Bob. I don't know. Mel, what do you think about all this stuff? You should have some words here. Uh, well, you know, for me at this point, I, I, it's very hard to decipher what is going on on any level. I feel like we're in, I feel like we are just in some kind, it's total planet chaos. Everything is possible. Nothing's possible. Everything's true. Nothing's true. We are in a total, uh, this is exactly, I talk a lot about Hannah Arendt on my show. We wrote Origins of Totalitarianism and Eichmann in Jerusalem. And she said that the best time for a totalitarian regime, which I think is the globalist uh, hierarchy, Fourth Reich, 
uh, mm-hmm. to take over the the planet or the people is when everyone believes nothing and everything at the same time. They think everything's possible and nothing is true. And that's where I think we are. And it's it's like all these possibilities are absolutely possible. But the truth is right now, I feel like our, our planet is in serious danger and that these demons want a full on Armageddon uh, takedown and they're going for it fast and the people aren't waking up fast. And I don't understand. You know, I looked back, I saw the uh, I'm sure some of you were there involved in the rage against the war machine. And all I thought in my head was, oh, my God, if you look at videos of what it looked like in Vietnam, why doesn't it look like that now? Like what is is there, are people so scared and so demoralized and so dehumanized that they are allowing this government and it's both sides. I think the Uniparty is the most disgusting. Uh, you know, we've been totally captured, in my opinion, but I just can't believe that there's not more Americans showing up at a mess like they did at Vietnam being like enough. We are done. And uh, I, I just don't see that enough people getting involved. It's strange. It goes back to the Yuri Bezmenov uh, concept of demoralization. Right. They've just been subjected to two years of intense propaganda, lies, fear, nonstop of one event after another, changing after another to, you know, just the fear just ratcheting up more and more coming from every direction not just the government the media your teachers the your employer everybody is telling you to be afraid you go out into the grocery store everyone's got masks they're walking they broke america they broke their brains and as yuri bezmanov said in his you know he can i can show these people i can shower them with the truth and information and it will not make a difference to them and on top of that it's just like they have no real skin in the game. Right now, war is a, a thing you see on television. It's not really affecting yeah. them. So it's really easy for all these blue hair rich kids to cry about the Ukraine and all that stuff. But until they are actually having to deal with the consequences of this insanity that's called the military-industrial complex, they can just play you know patty cakes for the rest of their lives and be sitting around and defending drag queen shows and everything because there's nothing really affecting them well you hear until, uh, until the power goes out yeah charlie go ahead it's just just it, it's all it's all theoretical till the power goes out or till the, till the truck stop running and the yeah. food stops getting delivered and then all of a sudden what your pronoun is doesn't make a bit of difference all of a sudden that horse shit that busy work for retards goes right out the window and yeah. you have to start getting real about stuff and what's scary is people keep apologizing for what they know is the truth you know i'm, I'm really sick of it i just saw the raptors yesterday the nba had to apologize for somebody on their team saying that you know men couldn't have children and i you know all of us have known people have been canceled and they all regret apologizing but the truth is if you yeah. just look at the whole Saul Alinsky model it's like people are constantly apologizing when they're not sorry and they don't agree and that you're offended shouldn't shouldn't make me feel bad about what I said if it's true. And yet we have all these people apologizing. And I was talking to a guy today who wrote this uh, book uh, uh, against the rules for radicals, like fighting back against that. And he was saying, you know, I kept saying there's got to be common ground. I firmly believe that the middle uh, that center left and center right back 60 percent of the people take away the, the buzz issues probably agree they want the government to leave us alone do their job keep our homeland safe and, and stay out of our business you know and and the truth is that 
we aren't even meeting in the middle. And I said to him, I go, well, how do you find common ground? He goes, listen, Mel, you're just not going to find common ground with certain people that their goal is to never find common ground. So we keep apologizing to people that really don't want us to get along and and it's they want your head day. on a stake that's all yeah. that's right. what it is i mean so many of my friends got canceled and i was just like never apologize that means never. nothing no, at no. all that it doesn't mean a fucking thing and you know mel you're totally right like an old school liberal and a libertarian probably have a lot of, uh, in common they both want to mm-hmm. live and let live and they don't want the government in their in their crosshairs but I mean, just the there's just crazy. Like the NBA is lost. I mean, it's just lost, and it is a globalist tool. Uh, you know, Adam Silver has ran that league into the ground. Uh, the only reason that they seem to be making money is because of all these different uh, uh, different mediums for them to sell games to, meaning like Amazon and all that stuff. But uh, people are watching less and less because the product sucked. And their politics. I mean, like when you you had um, LeBron James at the Super Bowl, he's the biggest name, getting booed by the entire fucking stadium. That's a sign of where the NBA is. So when the NBA, when I see somebody like um, you know the Toronto Raptors apologizing for something, they literally are trying to tell you, hey everybody, if you don't say the things we like. We're going to fucking publicly buck break you and flog you in front of everybody. And that's what all this cancel culture stuff has been. It's never been real. What they've done is they've made everybody think this small group of radicals, these pink and purple and blue haired fucking social justice warriors, in which there's only a real handful of, if you count Canada and the United States, you put our populations together, there's a small group of them, but they want you to believe they're very powerful. They're American, and uh, they're North American ISIS, they're they're extremists, well-funded, and they're here, their whole job is to just distract and demoralize and just destabilize, and that's what they do. So just set they'll aside, have one be- person... A great example of this is the L.A. Clippers, right? They they were playing the Memphis Grizzlies one time in Memphis. And at that time, the Memphis had a, like a seven-foot Iranian center, and he checked into the game. And the announcers at the time said, that guy could try out for Borat. One dude said in an email, one dude, in the, one guy sent it in. And the dude who had been a announcer for them for 30 years had to sit down for two games and couldn't call the games. That is the illusion of cancel culture. Because what really happened is no one really was allowed at any point to actually express whether they thought that was bad or not. But corporations come in acting like they're under pressure from this 10 people to do this, when in reality, they're doing it to give the illusion that cancel culture is real. So we're all... Do do you know do you know what major job Adam Silver is being considered for right now, Sam? What? CEO of Disney to replace Bob Iger. Get him the fuck out of the NBA. That's all I gotta say. I can't. But, but you're, it's proving your point. He's going from woke NBA to woke Disney because there's an agenda and they're recycling these guys through. I'm not saying he's going to wind up replacing Bob Iger, but Bob Bob Iger was a temporary fix. Because Chopek was such a, a disaster. Of course, he was just implementing Iger's, the seeds that he had planted. He was just tending to them. And it's the woke seeds of, of uh, we got to, we have to remake 
a Peter Pan and make everybody trans and everybody brown and blue and whatever, you know, and that and Adam Silver is the guy that they said, we like what you've done with the NBA. You've made it completely unwatchable. Let's take you and put you in Disney. Yeah. So don't be surprised. Because it's well, agenda. The, the, reason, the reason you have that like 60% that Mel was talking about, the center left, left and center right, that like doesn't probably has a lot more in common than they do different and probably feels pretty politically homeless right now is exactly what Sam was talking about. So the corporate capture of not just the NBA, but it's the complete corporate ownership of the American political system. We've had about a century of it, at least of nonstop corporate control of whatever was supposed to be the two major parties and you get far enough along in that all you have is corporate buzzwords and absolute nonsense so the population because they don't know what to do because their teams are essentially telling them the same things except for when it comes to social wedge issues they just retreat further back into that red team or blue team corner and that's all they know. It's, well, we have to elect the scumbag that's on our team. Otherwise, the scumbag on their team might win. Yep. And we don't want the scumbag on their team to win. So let's get our scumbag in, even though our scumbag might even be 10 times worse. It's a, you know, we have to because it's our team. Yep. They've captured the mechanism of how to actually really dominate and control a society, which is that you have to, uh, they're they're dealing in the market of security right so what they're doing is they're providing you the illusion of security politically by saying oh you got two different parties you can vote and have a say and it's all about democracy and everybody gets a point in and you find out they've captured both parties it's not the case then they've captured the security you might feel in the physical domain with the medics so they got your pharma your doctors the whole thing and they take care of you cradle to grave you know, the old saying goes, you're born to the white-coated Templar and you're taken out by the black-coated Templar at the end. It's the same game in the end. So they control you and say, look, we're going to manage you and take care of you throughout your life. Uh, we're like your parents on the physical level. And then spiritually, they've got the religious institutions captured, regardless of it. They've come into those houses of light and they've got people coming in and they're feeding them a lot of pie in the sky stuff, not true spirituality, not true connection to God and spirit, but a bunch of hogwash. It's run by cocaine addicted pedophiles and it's a hijacking of your spiritual and they, they threaten you with the security of the afterlife. So in the physical with the medics, they go, we'll take care of you in this life and keep you alive, even though that's a lie. The, the institutions of religion will tell you the same thing. We're going to ensure that in the afterlife, that you go to the right place and you're taken care of. So give us your tithing, give us your loyalty. And then they have the psychological security space dominated, which is the media, the entertainment complex, the news media, et cetera. And they tell you, listen to the experts, listen to our talking heads. Uh, you've been raised with them and we are going to give you security. And that's why every issue now is about voting for security over freedom. And they want to erase freedom from your mind. And the last thing I'll say is they're actually basing this off of the philosophy of psychological determinism. And that's what they're selling you with the World Economic Forum. You all Harari and Sam Harris and these people telling you free will doesn't exist. Because if they can get you to believe free will doesn't exist, they can convince you freedom doesn't exist and they can convince you of the global technocracy. So I'll that's fight how I Sam see. Harris for charity. I swear to God, that dude is like, well, I mean, he's such a, he's everything wrong with yeah. uh, academia, 
He's uh he's everything's a theory for him and his little pasty pink hands. He's never ha- had to deal with any fucking thing in life, and he promotes just a bunch of bullshit. Uh, his latest you know, posts have been crazy, eh? Like his latest stuff. It's just it's incredible. It's just nuts. And, and what happened is he's a narcissist. And when your world is crumbling, the thing that narcissists do is they just rage. They just rage because everything that they've been talking about is being shown to be complete and utter bullshit. He's a limited hangout. He's controlled opposition. And it's uh, being seen. It's just ridiculous. And, you know, if you kind of get into all religions are just these organized religions are all debt-based, meaning that you um, that you have uh, disrespected God from the moment you came here and you're constantly in debt to God and you'll never be able to pay him off, pay him back unless you, we, you, we're basically your broker between us and God. And you do what we tell you, we're going to try to get you into heaven, but can't guarantee anything, but you just know every moment of your life, you're deeper in debt to God. And I don't believe in that at all. I have no problems with people and their beliefs as long as you love other people. But when everyone goes, is everything a conspiracy? It's everything, man. It's literally everything. Money, food, water, air, politics, religion, your culture, which I don't I don't think is your friend. Uh, you name it. It's all been co-opted. And what is up is really down. Like, you take a look at, like, Nixon, right? Like, we, we all grew up thinking Nixon was the worst human being on the fucking planet. But when you take a look at him, man, the big reason he got ran out is because he told the CIA that I know you fucking assassinated JFK. And before you know it, bam, he's out. I'm not saying he's a perfect guy because, you know, these these arguments we have with people like who's the good guy in this America or is it Putin? I'm like, it's possible that there are no good guys in this discussion. And it just happens to be one of the bad guys just happens to be on the right side of the argument this time. A broken clock's right twice a day. So to sit there and go, oh, you're just a Putin apologist. I'm not. I can tell you all the crazy shit that fucking Boris Yeltsin or whatever his name that was running Russia had to ask Clinton, the Clintons for permission for to have Putin to run. And when he got picked as the guy that was going to run, they were so low in the polls that he had to do something desperate, which was that big theater attack, which was a false flag attack to get the Russian people behind him as the guy who's going to fight terrorism. Where have we seen that before? So everybody, there's no good guys at that highest level. They're all co-opted. Maybe you have a couple people, but we could go through any of these guys and list all these things that they've not done right. And maybe you got to do that to get to that position. But that doesn't mean that you're a good guy trying. I don't know, man. I just like to sit there and go, the only people come to save us are ourselves. And we have to band together. And because there's way more of us than there is of them. David, who is, who is they then in your mind? You mentioned they have all these things captured, all these different levels. Is it a spiritual they or like a, you know, a small conglomerate well, there's three. Of, of the central bankers, you know, yeah. as Mel would say. I think the bankers are in the employ of some other people. There's a hierarchy for sure. But um, I look at it like I rolled this out in my film series I've been working on, on the medical system and going into the ancient cult world, right? Studying ancient cults and saying, are they still exist? Do they still exist? Do they still have power? Um, how much power do they have? And in the end, are they just the sort of uh, are they the watchers? Are they just the babysitters of humanity working on behalf of something else? 
Um, so I look at it like this. We often look at these subjects in isolation, right? You got your religion and mythology. Look over here. You got your fringe subjects like ufology, demonology, all that stuff over here. You've got political stuff over here. You've got world events that have clearly been shown to be questionable, if not staged. And everybody looks at it separately. But if you put all the puzzle pieces on the chessboard, um, you look at it all from an objective perspective. I came up with three ways of looking at it. One is we're dealing with human psychopaths. So we'll keep it as like entry level. This is just a human issue. There's these interbreeding bloodline freaks that just happen to have a bunch of weird culty beliefs. They're power hungry, narcissistic, megalomaniacal maniacs, and they have filtered up to the positions of power and influence in the world because of that. Right. That's one theory. Most people would be happy accepting that. And I think that's a good entry level, right? But then you got it. There's a lot of stuff you're going to find. I'm sure everybody here knows what I'm saying. When you research this long enough, you start putting other puzzle pieces on the board. That just doesn't cut it. It's not the, it has to be something more. They're all into these weird seances and connecting to interdimensional and extraterrestrial entities. Study the Thule Society in Germany. Study stuff going back into the ancient world. Helena Blavatsky blowing the whistle on that, et cetera. And you go, all right, so they're into seances, they're into uh, blood rituals, they're into sacrifice, they're into these weird things. So are they actually interfacing with interdimensional beings? Is it really a spiritual domain of angels and demons, the way we think of it in religious terms? Or are the religious terms uh, an allegorical way of us understanding something very physical, which would bring in your UFO subject and the idea that we're not the only uh, intelligent species in the universe, and we might not be the head of the food chain. Um, and that we might just essentially be, uh, you know, a part of a grander experiment of some kind. And that's what, what explains this. So to sum it up real quick, you've got the human explanation, you've got the spiritual explanation, and then you've got the extraterrestrial explanation. For me, I'm, you got to go somewhere in that category in order to explain the level of calculated evil sustained over a long period of time that people like us are, are looking into. Yeah, it's interesting. I just had a really interesting conversation with somebody who was trying to talk. Uh, his name was Richard Poe, and he was going through a lot of this stuff. Like, who is they? Like, who really is they? And he was saying, and, and his his thesis on this, and he was talking about even Rockefeller and Soros and Rothschild. He was saying there's a they above them. And, and who are they? And he his hypothesis is that really the british empire the monarchy the the they don't want you to know who they are they're above the windsors they have been around for centuries that he's saying show me when in history the british monarchy ever fell every other every other entity every other royal family every other dynasty every other empire fell he's like there's no place in history where you can show that the british monarchy fell his theory is that it is that group of people through the uk through britain honestly he believes that all the way back to the beginning of of time he's one of the people that I tend to agree with that the American Revolution, we were told that we won. But what I really believe happened is that we did not win. We They just went home and said, we're not going to do this anymore. We're going to go home. We're going to regroup and we're going to infiltrate them from within. And I believe they came over here and they built the railroads and they went all through our system. They still run our financial system. But this guy's theory was the British monarchy has manipulated every other empire from the beginning of time. I'm talking all the way back to probably the Babylonian times to fight for them. 
And they are doing that now with America and NATO and everything. He says all roads lead to the British monarchy from the beginning of time. And it's a very interesting theory because he was going through and connecting all the way back to the French Revolution. And even before that, he's like, who benefited? Always. It's always the British monarchy that benefits and they still are to this day. And right now we are fighting a battle in Ukraine and with the Middle East and everything. And the only people that are really benefiting are this one monarchy that has never fallen. And how have they never fallen? He thinks that they go in, they infiltrate like they did us, all these other nations, too. And that, you know, they that all roads lead there and that these are people, probably lizard people, maybe, but people above. Black <laughs> nobility, man. They, yeah, they but were the people above. Nobility. Right. Exactly. That's that's his theory. No, it's Babylonian <laughs> Phoenician families that go. If you guys ever want to talk, somebody breaks it real down and Ian Ferguson from White Lotus of Light channel, I've. I am on my podcast. I love his his stuff that he's talking about, but you go back to the fucking like it's um he discussed a lot of this stuff, Malachians versus Luciferians, you know, and this gets into the spirituality of it, but basically gets down to that, and I've said this before, like you really gotta ask yourself, would there be any war if it wasn't for this this invisible hand? of these very old, old Babylonian magicians from way back in the fucking day, man. They've had their hands in almost everything. And then you get into, like, what did they worship? They worship Moloch. It was very, there's a whole bunch of evidence that they're they they were they're all Molochians. So even the British monarchy has probably been controlled by these bankers who just jump from place to place to, uh, you know, to, to, get behind and corrupt uh, institutions for sure. I, I I have to jump in because it's funny that Mel brings this up because just hours ago, I recorded an entire episode on Cecil Rhodes and the Rhodes Scholarship. Yes. And what the Rhodes Scholarship does is what Rhodes wanted was a Anglo-Saxon, English-speaking world order. He wanted them all connected. That was goal number one. But goal number two was covertly infiltrate the United States elite institutions and destabilize it from the inside so that the British Empire could retake it. Now, the British Empire isn't what it used to be when Cecil Rhodes was dreaming this up in the late 1800s. But but the Rhodes Scholarship specifically is for... Americans and Canadians to be sent to Oxford and trained in a postgraduate situation under the ideology of Cecil Rhodes and then be sent back and installed like a young global leader program at the World Economic Forum does, then later installed into politics and big business and academia and the judicial system. And who do we have coming out of Rhodes Scholars? Bill Clinton destroyed America from the inside. Uh, you in Canada, you have Christia Freeland. She's a Rhodes Scholar. Did you know that? Does that make yeah. a little bit of sense now that you, it's just another piece of information showing that there's an incentive and an ideology to infiltrate the host country and destroy it from within? Starts She's to make some of her decisions of make a whole lot of sense, right? So there is These an act People active. have allegiances elsewhere. That's that's the Rachel Maddow. Yeah. Yep. Rhodes Scholar. Right. Yeah. Michael oh, McFall, Russia, US envoy to Russia, right. Rhodes Scholar. Pete Buttigieg. It goes on and on. Jake Sullivan. Power goes bond. On and on and on. 
All the people that are destabilizing America from the inside with woke ideology and insane ideas, Rhodes Scholars. You know what's funny? Uh, you know, I've been talking about this Knights of Malta connection with the Vatican and all those guys, those uh, that dark underbelly in Rome. Yeah. And they're a chivalric secret society, essentially, a very elite people. They still sit on the United Nations today as a nation, and they have immunity, they have sovereignty. They are truly sovereign. Um, and it's because of their position in this world where they absorbed all the Templar wealth and knowledge and even absorbed a lot of the Templars after they were disbanded. And um, they guess what one of their, as you're talking, it made me think, because their original name was the Knights Hospitallers. Um, a lot of things, a lot of guys think they go back as a Benedictine cult. Um, and then they eventually went to Rhodes and they became the Knights of Rhodes. And then later adopted, they got pushed into Malta, I think for strategic reasons. And because they were the piratical families, they were the Amalfi, they were sponsored by the Amalfi merchants and the piratical families from the Far East. They picked up those connections during the Crusades. They went and they founded the the Rhodes, the whole idea of Rhodes, which I think, I don't know if there's a direct connection to the Rhodes scholarship, but it just made me think of it. And then now they're called the Knights of Malta, right? But the Knights Hospitaller, that's what their original name was. They got wealthy off of hospitals. They made hospitals, hotels, and hostels. And they found that they could become literally merchants of death. And that is the progenitor group that birthed what we now call the big pharma cartel. That's who Jesus they are. Jesus Christ, man. This yeah. episode is going to give me nightmares. <laughs> <laughs> so do you think, David, is there a black brotherhood of masters and a white brotherhood of masters? I don't know what to call them, but I would say um, evil is not the only force at work in this world. I, I understand people's mentality, like what um, others were breaking down about how everybody's a bad guy, but I disagree with that. I think that um, there's a lot more good people than we know. It's just that the bad guys have the best PR. They're the best funded. They're the best supported. They're the ones put out. Those are the ones we hear about. And remember, we're only as good as our information. So if we're only even us, we're looking at all this information here, that's still only pieces of what could be happening. And that um, there have there's been an occult war on this planet going well back. And we know that because whistleblowers have come from within these institutions for thousands of years um, to tell humanity that, yes, there's an occult war going on between magicians on this planet. And um, so I, I trust them. And I just wanted to finally read this one quote to back up what Mel was talking about real quick, where she was saying um, there's something above us. And I... I put a little bit in this chapter nine of Cult of the Medics that I made, and it's it's literally like there's something above us. It's that whole theory, and it's based off this quote from Giuseppe Mancini, who was uh, he was he 1800s. He was 33rd degree Freemason, appointed head of the Illuminati in 1834, and he said this: "We form an association of brothers in all points of the globe. Yet there is one unseen that can hardly be felt. Yet it weighs on us." Whence comes it? Where is it? No one knows, or at least no one tells. This association is secret, even to us, the veterans of the secret societies. So there is something above us. And I think that's what that detached pyramid is. And they don't even know within their own groups what exactly that is. I just want to say, like, I was the one talking about too dark that, you know, maybe they're all bad guys. I believe in the law of duality. I believe in light and dark. And I do believe that there are entities of light at work. What, I, what I'm talking about is the fact that, you know, P 
people when when they talk about you know the West versus Russia that they think there has to be a, a good guy in that discussion when in reality it could be two bad guys going at it. That's right. I get it. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, I agree with you. Uh, there. You know, I would again. We just I interviewed Whitney Webb, and she thinks within two years there's going to be a major um, internet uh, event, which is going to knock the internet off, and it will come back in a different way. And she had predicted all the uh, election chaos that went on, and so. She has a record of being correct. I, I also have a spiritual view that I think there are forces at work that have used the help allow the Internet to allow us to get a lot of this uh, information out, which has destroyed the elite's credibility. So we'll see about that. I mean, I again, I do believe there are entities of light at work that are, are pushing back. Um, you know, even back when uh, Tim Fall Hat, my podcast started, I Duncan Trussell on and, you know, he'd been doing Duncan, uh, the, the, the Trussell, Duncan Trussell family hour. And he had talked about how he had talked to people that there were like entities of light at work trying to get pushed back against all the corruption. So I've been hearing this for a long time and, and where I am today in a spiritual place with, you know, um, uh, a person of God. Uh, I believe that. I believe there are entities at work, whether it's, uh, you know, energy or entities or interdimensionals, whatever it may be. They're definitely at work. So I'm hoping that the Internet thing doesn't happen. So we'll see what we'll see how it turns out. Yeah, I agree. Man. She's had a, a pretty good record, though, to be fair. She's had a pretty good record as far as that goes. And as far as Russia and the Ukraine goes, it's super easy to look like the good guy when the bad guy is going out of their way to make themselves look like the worst possible bad guy ever on the planet. So in order to position yourself as a slightly less malevolent actor really isn't that hard. People get to do that all the time. That's I mean, that's how, uh, you know, lesser of two evil politics works. That's basically what you're asking people to do with the whole Russia Ukraine thing is also, you know, okay, well, let's take an authoritarian regime and a puppet regime of an authoritarian regime and decide which one we like best. You know, I'd be, you can, you can be on the side of the people who don't want to get the shit blown out of them every day. You, you can be, I promise. I have a question because I've been talking to a bunch of people that uh, are in our very, are military people very high up that are very, very worried about our country. They, I mean, these are guys that know what's going on on a level I certainly don't, most people don't. But when you hear them speak, they're saying that like the fall of America is quite possible, that we might not even make it to the 2024 election, that we are in a very, the stakes for our nation are so high right now, and that the only people that can save us are ourselves, that the people have to get up and wake up and, and take the country back. But my question is, because I hear multiple different concepts on this, but when I hear a, a three-star general saying, you know, America's on the edge and uh, empires fall and we're pretty close and uh, people don't seem to realize how bad it is. And this isn't an election cycle. This was a full capture of America and uh, from the inside out and outside in, all the money going to Ukraine, everything that's happening. 
Uh, and the truth is we have to figure it out. And, and so there's so many different minds here from all different places, but, uh, I'm hoping that all of us agree that we would like America to exist and continue because the real plan is a straight up worse than Venezuela. I mean, what they are, what, what the vision is for America is this total track and trace surveillance slave camp for whoever survives is my opinion. So, I mean, we really have to get together and figure out you know how to motivate the people i keep saying there should be like a union of the unwanted tour and just and, and there should be more people here right now there should be like 50 people on here right now because we are in serious danger and and there is nobody coming to save us and all these people and I, look i didn't know who at intel what they were I, my first show i ever did was with sam three years ago so uh, almost three years ago i mean i did other shows but not that i got into black this. nobility Right. Oh, and it was the star oh, Right. Yeah, but the not that I got into this. I mean, I, I was I was already a writer and all that. But what I have to say is we got to figure it out. Like, we don't have any leaders. We don't have anyone that's coming up with a plan. <laughs> I mean, I guess I know you, Charlie, you go around with some people that have ideas. Other people go to other things. Sam goes around the country. You all go do your thing. But we we, we need some leaders to, to say, like, OK, this is the plan. This is the code of conduct going forward. You know, either you're with America or you're not. I was doing a show with Nora Ben Laden and she was like, forget rhinos and DNC and GOP. Forget it all. All we're looking for is if you're America in name only, step aside because we got to take this country back. So I'm just wondering, does anybody here have any solutions for like the masses because i really do believe we're in serious serious danger here's some low-hanging fruit solution <laughs> and i have steve's going to always remember you can vote with your dollars right like however whatever you want you just say i'm not support supporting woke disney or i'm not supporting this woke idea it might not mean much individually but collectively it matters or you're, you cut your subscriptions or whatever i mean may just reward companies vendors that share your ideology and i don't think our ideology is that radical it's like get your foot off of our neck and stop trying to poison our kids and turn them transgendered i don't think we're asking really too much so you know I, that's so immediately just stop supporting them with your attention with your dollars or or whatever if you can do that that's that's something but it's but again it's 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 minimal. It's the minimal thing. Yeah, if you can do that, do that through uh, as close to a counter economic system as possible, because I mean, we've all talked about it, all of us and Mel, you've talked about it a lot, too. There, uh, as David was mentioning, there is a human element. Graham was mentioning there is a human element to this. There is a central banker component to this. And if your three star general w was being you know, I, I guess, I, I don't know. Um, it's not, a, it, it's not America that was taken away in an election cycle. It's not the billions of dollars just started going to Ukraine. We've been fucking around in Ukraine for 30 years. We already overthrew their sitting government twice before this. Yeah. I mean, the billions and billions and billions of dollars beforehand that went through all of the decisions that were made when he was private first class, not general three star, you know, that's the, the continuity of government that we've all covered and we've all discussed ad nauseum for years now. This isn't a, a four year plan or a 40 year plan. 
So I to to couch it in those terms or to talk to people like this is something that just happened when Joe Biden got elected or just happened when Barack Obama got elected or only happens when Democrats get elected, when it's all the same money. Yeah, I don't think anyone day. thinks that. I think really what 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 I'm hearing from rational people that would like to save this country and feel like it's a uniparty that's been captured is no, that's not true. What it really most people talk about what happened in 2000 with the project for New American Century, which was Wolfowitz and and Cheney and Rumsfeld and Kagan, who's still out there with his crazy wife, Newland, and these neocons and the military. It's Eisenhower warned us military industrial complex gets in bed with the bankers. America's done. And and we are there now. And, and I just feel like people are saying, no, we allowed this. We the, I keep saying to everyone, we need a 12 step like AA like program for all the American citizens that actually still love America. First step, it's that you have a problem. Second step, you need to get together with fellowship and, and go on the next level and figure out what your problem is. Then start looking at what we've done. What have we done to bring this problem and then try to make amends and go forward? Because like you're saying, this is not new. But like like there's just been the other problem is that there's been no accountability, no adjudication. We we have had crime just JFK forward, but we've had crime after crime after crime after crime with never no one's ever gone to jail. No one. All these hearings are total bogus. They're just a waste of our time and money. And now we're like an abused child that was so terribly abused over and over and just moves on to the next thing and moves on to the next thing and buries it and buries it. And I just feel like I just want like straight up transparency. I hope that there's somebody running this show that's like about to like just rip off the scab and be like, OK, here's what's really happened. And here's all the criminals. And, uh, you know, let's <laughs> once and for all take them down. But. And we're going to take them to court in courts that they own. And we're going to put them in jails that they own the property for right. that. They put you into debt slavery to go build. I mean, like what's what's adjudication look like? What does accountability look like uh, to you? I, I it's everybody on the I'm asking. I'm asking what's it look like? Because we if we're trying to find something that we know in as justice in this in this reality, well, through what court system to put in whose jails to be held accountable by laws that were written by the same people that were putting in jail? I mean, like, I, you know, it, what? So what's it look like? But what's the other choice then to just keep well, no, going? I mean, I'm just I'm just asking. Just the, a, I'm just you. You know that I don't advocate that. I'm just asking the question. <laughs> what does it look like to you? A completely decentralized parallel system, like just uh, just forget this yeah. whole thing and. Start something else completely. I mean, how do you even how do you even salvage what's happened? Right, exactly. Oh, you can't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you you start with the currency too. You switch out of the fiat currency system and just build off of a, a better paradigm of, of a fixed supply or something like that. You acknowledge that you're going digital because that's to not acknowledge that is to not acknowledge reality. But you make sure that you don't uh, wind up with a central bank digital currency for one, or else it's over. You're totally, completely economically enslaved and surveilled forever. So you, we have to sort of make a decision right now. Like if we're, if we, if you walk into that trap, that CBDC trap, the electronic gates of the prison door behind you slam shut, and it's over. 
because they control your money. And once they control your money and can watch your money, you, you will change psychologically as a person because you know your spending is being monitored. So it will have the effect of psychologically manipulating you. So it's this is a catastrophe and it's trying to be normalized in the press. We see a lot like, oh, CBDCs, what's the big deal? It's going to be great. So like just I, I try to bring it up as much as possible just because I don't want it to be normalized or blended in. Well, it's like Bitcoin. Hmm, it's not. The Bitcoin people don't want to hear anything about that. You know, so we're like at this real pivotal point where it's like we have to decide what money looks like in the next three years. Well, and remember, win. yeah, what if we reverse engineer everything they did to us? Like, what was the most effective tool that they used to brainwash the masses to make them all wear masks and stand on the, the X and take the jabs? It was the media. So yeah. every single person here and everybody doing media of any kind, you are literally the tip of the spear, literally, because that's how warfare has evolved. It went from tips of actual spears to, you know, thermonuclear war to biological war, psychological war, narrative warfare, on and on we go. So that's the kind of war we're in. So look at the effect that that alone has had, whether there's like white hats in the background helping from where they can or not, um, which I believe there, there are. Uh, how effective they're being, we don't know, but we are being effective in that look at the trends. I'm waking every day I'm going on Twitter, like crimes against humanity is trending. Like Trudeau must go to jail is trending. Uh, like, like on and on and we go. And are those manipulated algorithms? Or I could also say, what about the actual experiences I'm having talking to people that would have never looked at any of this, would have never lifted their head out of the media that are of their own accord, just asking questions out loud. And I'm like, good, people are starting to get there because they're experiencing this. So if we go, the media is key, putting out good quality uh, media that's informative, that's entertaining, like take a chapter out of Hollywood's book, take a chapter out of the media's book to get the right information out to people. And then um, when it comes to the economy, man, I don't know what to do with that, but I do agree with you, Charlie. Number one is alert everybody you know about the dangers of these 15-minute cities and these central bank digital currencies and these stay at home and take all this UBI from the government and all this shit. You got to move them, move the needle on them with giving them the the counter to that. You know, be like, hey, did you ever see Hunger Games? <laughs> you know, here it is. This is what they're trying to build. Districts that are controlled, surveilled. Look at China. Here's an example living right now. That's what they want to do to the world. Um, and then go, do you value your freedom? Because we could have the amazing technology that's coming out working for humanity and then instead of working to enslave humanity. And um, I feel like every problem that exists uh, has a built-in solution somewhere. And I think a lot of those solutions don't even need to be reinvented. We've had brilliant geniuses and free thinkers and freedom fighters that have come out for centuries telling us how to build us a free, healthy civilization. And some maybe we got to go back to some of those original bases of knowledge and then add on what we know and uh we can't achieve any form of sane government or sane society structure without reaching the people that inhabit that society on an individual level because you could we could wipe out the whole deep state around the globe and arrest them all and nuremberg too and off they go and it'll be humanity that actually builds more dictators and puts them back in in the end again unless we can influence the change to 
People feel like they don't need the state, the nanny state. They don't need the cult of the medics. They don't need this media machine. They can be independent. They can work together with their fellow men. So it's a huge operation. It's going to be take probably multiple generations to get to the real solutions. Have you guys seen now, you know, all the time? We've already done everything we need to do. We just need to remember it. We we've already yeah. we, we you know I mean we've already lived without tyrannical government. We've already lived most voluntarily. We've already lived in states of you know, mutual either appreciation or aggregation with our neighbors in more or less an anarchistic manner. There are multiple forms of currency that have been used throughout history that required no central bank whatsoever. There's the Velvet Revolution and Václav Havel that at least shows you how to attack the state via parallel structures and on the way towards building a parallel society. They're, all the tools that we have are here. We have 3D printers, for fuck's sake. We have 3D printers. You know, I mean, we've got everything that we need. We just need to realize that there's enough of us that we can work together and that we don't have to care about the people who are never going to change their minds. And we really don't have to care that much about dragging everyone in the middle with us because nobody's going to do shit until we've already got a viable alternative built. The one thing that I figured out about America, Canada, a number of the other Western countries, if you don't have a ready-made solution for them. They don't give a fuck who you are. They don't care how good your idea is. You can't show it to them. Nobody's jumping. So that's in those three, two, three years that Whitney says we have before the internet goes away. That's what we should be doing. We should be getting ourselves together going, how the fuck are we going to show these people an alternative so those goddamn fucking lemmings come over to this clip instead of that one? You know, way longer clip. To infinity. Is it, is it your... Is it our obligation to even bother with the lemmings at this point? I'm I mean, not. we've been called every name in the book for the last three years. Like at some point, like it, when do we just prioritize our time and focus on people that aren't trying to call us conspiracy theorists or whatever for, for getting this shit right, you know, kind of fairly consistently. Um, it's envy at this point, Charlie. Is it? They're envious of the I, fact that we were right. And that's really hate us for our freedom. Have you yeah. seen? Have you guys seen some of the sticker campaigns and the stuff going on in Europe and Germany and uh, like at the BBC? Like they've been sticker bombing all the BBC with all kinds of. Oh yeah, they're putting the truth. The and, people that suffered from the jabs and that too. Yeah, all right. around that park in Germany, like the, all the yeah. victims of the jabs. I mean, those are some good sort of traditional ways to. They started you know, doing that in a few out. provinces here in Canada. They had a few places, few little towns started doing it, and I, I'm I'm wondering if it'll catch on. Oh, really? Hey, wow, well, yeah. We tried bouncy castles. Um, yeah, apparently, yeah. that was just outright like terrorism. So we're we're moving to stickers. Yep, honking's pretty bad too. Ah, oh, so beautiful, so beautiful to hear. Like Trucker the horns, horns are a war crime. I've heard. What was that? It was a war crime. Oh no, that's Trucker how horns everybody got put in jail for mischief. Yeah. But the media treated it like it was some kind of war crime. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of being put in uh, jail for mischief, I was uh, fed on a bunch of these January 6th guys that uh, still haven't been, they're still they're in jail over 700 and I think 80 days now without being charged. I'm not talking oh, about wow. the ones that got charged or plea deals. I'm talking about a bunch of guys and women that uh, have not been, uh, 
have not seen lawyers like I, I, I also can't believe that the American people, I can't believe, and there's a lot of people, I, I'm I'm up covertly on Twitter because I never got mine back, but I go there and I look around. There's people that honestly believe that that's okay in America, that these guys, I don't care what they did, most of them didn't go into the, into the Capitol at all. A lot of them, it is said by multiple people, and we shall find out, I hope, that these guys actually saw criminality by the Capitol Police and that they're being punished and kept at the gulag without charges, without seeing cops. But I think it's very shocking that in America right now, anyone's okay with that for any reason, under any circumstance at all. And uh, I'm curious what you guys think about that and why people, I mean, because they're, first of all, everyone, you guys all know Pasta. He showed up on January 6th because he believed the ele- that something was wrong with our elections. He doesn't like Trump. He didn't vote for Trump, but he thought it was messed up and he wanted to be a part of it and voice himself. Well, there's millions of people that, you know, they weren't necessarily there because they were Trump or whatever, but people seem to think, well, they were there for Trump, so they deserve to be in a gulag without habeas corpus or rights or the Constitution. And I'm wondering what other people out there think about this, because you hear some of these stories. This guy, I've talked to two guys, they're in there, they call me from the prison phone, and you can't even believe that this is America. It's weird. We had politicized Pasta real quick, though, because he was already in D.C. and was already going to be in D.C. for like two other separate events that week. It was just they scheduled to stop the steal after the events that we had all already committed to go to. And we all collectively went, oh, holy crap, that's awesome. We're staying in D.C. Right. No, that's what he said on my days. show. He said he was yeah, there. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I'll be a part of this, too. Everything's messed up. Yeah, yeah. When the announcement came in, there were like a whole handful or when that, that event got announced, we were all like, oh, oh, well, it's going to be extra nuts in D.C. Right. A lot there. of people. I, I, guess we're, I guess we're extending flights for a day or so. Yeah, and then trying to get a freaking Airbnb in Washington, D.C. that day. Or it was like the day before it was the fifth uh, and I I got rejected from three different places because a, a memo went out to all of the Airbnb uh, leasees, leaseors or whatever, uh, lessor, I, or whatever the landlords are. Um, and it was like, hey, uh, there's going to be a massive uh, terrorist white supremacy rally in D.C. and don't rent your room to anyone who looks like they might. They'd be there for the stop the steal thing. Well. I fit a description. I did. And they were like, no, sir, uh, I don't believe. And oddly enough, and fortunately enough, and funnily enough, it was like a black couple in a half-finished Airbnb that had a bunch of, like, stoner art all over the walls that were like, yeah, fuck it, we'll take your money, dude. Sure. <laughs> and bless them, by the way. Yeah, but honestly, you honestly, it wouldn't matter. If the cops, if the FBI showed up at your door at 6 a.m., like they have hundreds and hundreds of people and kicked in your door and arrested you because they got your geo tracking because you took out money at a Bank of America ATM and Verizon gave them your stuff, you would have been charged too. It is, it is so random um, what happened. I've talked to so many people. I know other people that like they really literally weren't even at like they weren't even in the vicinity and they their doors were kicked in like two months later like this there's is a, I can't believe it there's a guy in florida sitting in jail right now who has who was charged with pre-crime for january 6 having not even gone to washington dc he had organized a separate thing in tampa florida but in 2019 after there were sorry after there were two like multiple mass shootings in a weekend 
about three weeks after uh, uh, Bill Barr said uh, we need uh, we need to be able to have a a pre crime like division because we would like to be able to prevent things like multiple mass shootings. And then three weeks later, there's multiple mass shootings. So Trump comes out the next Monday and says, we've got to have the give the Justice Department the capabilities to scour the deepest, darkest corners of the Internet to stop these kinds of crimes before they happen. And then about two weeks later, it was announced that the DOJ under Trump was launching the actual first pre-crime division. And then they did. And now there's people directly related to January 6th that are in jail because of it. Are a lot of them religious? How many of them are religious, Mel? I wanted to uh, ask I, you this when you were on our show. I get the sense that a lot of them are religious. Well, no, I don't think a lot of the people that were arrested seem to be. Uh, yeah, that's what I mean. Know, like they could be. But, yeah, yeah uh, but uh, no, but that like the pre-crime thing. We got to be honest. Really, pre-crime started at the Patriot Act, and oh, uh, yeah, yeah. the Patriot Act was written about us and not about. I don't think looking back. And then when you look at the whole thing I talk about, I see. I think that PNAC document in 2000 was a big change of game in America. And I think our country was completely captured before that, but certainly from that day on. But uh, basically, I believe that the Patriot Act is the most unconstitutional thing that's happened since probably Woodrow Wilson and should be reversed. And all of this would not be possible without that. And of course, all of this would not be possible without uh, 9-11. So it's just, I mean, it's just so many layers of this, but I am shocked at the lack of humanity of a lot of people on especially on the left but there's many people on the right too believe me there's fox news people and and all these people that think that this is fine somehow that american it's- citizens have lost their freedom at most of them over misdemeanors that's the craziest part and yeah and the blatancy the blatancy of it i i i kind of think it's a it was a test j6 was a test i mean in canada trudeau and freeland were able to do what they did with the media collusion because of what happened in j6 like they saw how you guys handle it and they're like we can do this exact same thing but we'll take it a step further and just freeze everybody's bank accounts now whether that was like um what do you call that when they telegraph what they're going to do whether that was like um what's the word for that predictive programming yeah whether that was that or like you know they might have gone a little too far with that but i mean i think that's just raw hubris and i actually uh, graham i believe that uh what you're saying they do do that they do project what they're doing there's a whole cult aspect to it but that's at the higher level trudeau is not at the higher level he is barely at the kindergarten level so i don't put him there but i would say this they go like in canada they've arrested numerous pastors uh during 2020 they sent 200 I think it was even more than that, 200 something RCMP officers to barricade off a church that people were continuing to go to um, outside of the health orders. And you think about it, like those churches are the places that people needed to find to not commit suicide. Like they needed to go in and that would have saved their lives. And yet they were barricaded from going in. They had a police presence come in. They arrested people. They arrested some of these pastors that were insisting they were even trying to do church drive-ins, like drive-in ceremony or drive-in um, sermons or whatever, and they were still getting stopped. These guys sat in jail, solitary confinement for months. Um, they came out uh, recently. Now there's another guy that's been arrested for protesting the transgender school hour. Um, and it, you just see this happening and the freezing of bank accounts. That moved into Jeremy McKenzie, who got arrested. He's a big advocate here. 
shout out Raging Dissident. Go check them Di- out. Diagalon. Oh. Diagalon, the whole thing, which was the best meme ever it made and the whole media fell for it. Um, but anyways, he got arrested, put in jail. And uh, during the inquiry, then after his testimony at the inquiry from jail, he gets released and uh, his bank, Scotiabank, um, is to basically debanking him. So he had to remor- like find a place to remortgage and guess what? None of the other Canadian banks were starting to take it. So now he has to go and try to get a US bank to mortgage a house in Canada or something. He's trying, the poor guy, you know? Yeah. So this is the level the government's going to. And this is the Khmer Rouge, the Stasi, the, uh, you know, getting the KGB out after you to get you for these little thought crimes. This is the Orwellian system and they are testing to see where can we get away with this in the world yeah, yeah. and what's the response and then where cuz this is just stage 1 of what they want to bring in you know yeah i agree that they without j6 i don't think they would have been able to do that i mean i noticed the media they they the media would put out a headline that the government could then use to clamp down on everybody, which was what the American media was, was doing quite a bit too. Yeah, absolutely. But I noticed it started to happen more and more in Canada during that whole convoy. Yeah. And aren't they, aren't they releasing more of the footage from? Yeah, Genesis? they have, uh, they have, they finally got, uh, but what's weird is what, what happened, which shouldn't have happened, which is why I can't stand either party or anyone in DC is what happened was they gave the footage 47,000 hours of footage to Tucker Carlson. So instead of putting it out for all people, any of us, you know, if we wanted to, it should be on a somewhere that you could go. Anyone in America or anywhere could download yeah. it is what should have happened. It should have been all citizen journalists like everyone on this should have been able to have access to that footage to go through it at their leisure. A lot more would be done. A lot's going to come out about this. It's already come out that that guy that they made an example of the um, Chesley, the, the QAnon shaman. You know, there's footage of him being let in by the Capitol Police that is mm-hmm. is going to be released is, uh, with a lot of other footage. Uh, there's also footage of the Capitol Police running around outside, be it, talking to each other on their uh, on their own body cams, saying that the government set them up, the cops that day, that they were purposely not warned. They nobody was answering the the calls for help. They didn't have the right weapons. They weren't told what to do. That they were totally being ambushed. And then there's like just there's just there's so much, and I wonder. There's also, that- there's also some great footage of cops going totally rogue, like yeah. running out of ammo, and just like all the other cops are looking. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? Just stirring it up completely. Yeah. yeah, and some of those cops are the ones that also testified as victims at the January 6th hearing. But what's so crazy is that um, my my real my real biggest issue here too is the public should be outraged about all of it on every level. And instead, I feel like it, like Charlie was saying, it demoralized everyone to the point that nobody is nobody is fighting back because I believe that's exactly what January 6th was. They they do not want the American people or people in Canada or anywhere to rise up. And they're saying, this is what's going to happen to you. And all, all Constitution, Bill of Rights, you know, inalienable rights, human rights are out the window if you challenge this government. And I feel like it was for the whole world to see. And they needed the word insurrection. And uh, no matter what happens now, it's been done real damage. And I, I just think the American people have been truly uh, immobil- immobilized by it, I think. Everybody's afraid, aren't they? Like, isn't that why? Is it that they don't believe it was a wrong thing or is it that they're afraid? Like, what are people going to do? Are they going to, even in Canada, we had this discussion, like everybody knows that it was totally wrong. These people were arrested, but 
are we all going to go and what, like bust them out of jail and then more people get arrested? Like what level? We saw the level Trudeau was willing to go to was to bring in these armed Gestapo from Quebec and elsewhere. And who knows if they flew some of them in by the UN planes, we don't know. And they're willing to just like curb stomp and trample old women in the streets if they have to. So you kind of go, people go, and that's what a totalitarian does. They flex their muscle and say, hey, you better stay home or we're going to be knocking your door on. We're going to put you in solitary confinement. We're going to freeze your bank accounts. We're going to go after your reputation. And so everybody's afraid, you know. When it was the most peaceful, straightforward protest, like they right from the beginning, they're like, all we want is this, this and this very simple. Totally Mandate freedom. The whole that way. was the Mandate slogan. freedom. That's it. That's it. Yeah. It wasn't resurrect Hitler. Like that's how the media made it look like it was no, it was mandate freedom. Let's hug each other and share warm apple cider and have parties and sing the national anthem and play hockey and have kids come and have people from all backgrounds do drum circles and hug each other and love each other. Let's do that. And even that it look what the media did. They piggybacked off for January 6th. Um, and it's the same rhetoric, but, but that's, this is what they're revealing who they are. They're revealing who they are. And all I've been saying is all we have to do is keep the cameras rolling and these mofos are going to be stepping and falling on their own sword the whole way. So it's painful. It's long. I don't know how it's going to work, but I know we're doing the right job by continually showing the contradictions and making the best memes ever. We need a meme museum by the end of this, like a war museum, the meme museum. There's some winners that I think have woken a lot of people up, you know? Oh yeah. The hypocrisy is meme fuel and they're full of it. Yeah. I mean, it's just a constant supply full-time job to make those memes those guys <laughs> uh quickly the video journalist independent journalist ford fisher who it, has news to share he found and just released like three whole camera memory sticks worth of january 6 footage free to absolutely everyone to go through and if you're familiar with ford's work you know that he tries to like get you know without getting himself arrested for long uh, we'll we'll get in as many places as possible. Uh, so if any, you know, if if that's of of use or help to anyone, Ford's put like his entire January six archive. He hasn't even gone through it all yet. He was like, "You're here." Gary Gary, Mc, Gary McBride also went through all the footage, like forty thousand hours. He was he was supposed to be a part of that Epic Times documentary. I think we had him on a, a couple months ago. And they just, they gave him credit at the end, but they kind of shoved him aside, um, kind of made it all about them. I mean, it was a decent documentary otherwise, but um, he did a whole, he's done a lot of work on deciphering all that, like hours and hours of, of, of going through it in detail. Side note, he's not the only one. There were other people that had the similar experience, so who knows, but at least it's getting out. But uh, I'm going to get, I'm in touch with him now. So Not you- the only one with with Epic? Yeah. Well, guys, I'm uh, real sorry. I'm going to have to jet. I got to get my kids going here. Yeah, so let's I just let's wrap thanks. this up. Um, let's start with uh, David. Why don't you let everyone know where they can get your information? You were just on macroaggressions a couple of weeks ago, and uh, people were digging it. Um, where can you be found? Well, uh, first of all, I want to say thanks to everybody. Nice to meet some of you. Uh, You guys are all legends and much respect. Keep doing this great work. It's great to be here. And you can find all my stuff at dwtruthwarrior.com. It'll lead you to Cult of the Medics and Unslaved and all these projects I'm doing. Doing what I can from Canada. And um, let's all team up worldwide. Let the truth be heard. And uh, may freedom reign. 
Yeah, now now you know why he was a speaker in Arcapulco as well. Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> he, bring, he brings it. Let's stay in Canada. Graham, what do you guys have uh, cooking over well, there? We got, a, we got an event coming up on 420 in uh, Utah between Bryce Canyon and Zion Park. So we're doing like uh, myths of the stars and stuff. And I mean, this is kind of one, I guess, one of the solutions. I, I hate the, I usually don't think of it like that, but we do events where people get together in person and it's, it's pretty fun. Yeah. A bunch and of people. I think it'd be such a fun thing to do. And I'm, I'm totally interested in doing it at some point. Yeah. And then we got uh, one with Randall. Where Carlson can people in, find out about May. it? Uh, that's it. Uh, uh, Grimerica.ca. Um, that's it. Con- contacted the cabin, but it's all at um, uh, grimerica.ca. We got audiobooks as well. World World Brain from H.G. Wells is out when he's talking oh, nice. about uh, putting the encyclopedia together for the world. So, kind of an interesting book. I don't know what he would have thought of the wiki that we have these days, but so yeah, yeah, check it out. Yeah, thanks for having me on again. It's good to see you all. Yeah, good to see you too, Mel. What are you up to? Good to see uh, you. Oh well. Ah, oh, good seeing you, all of you, always. I, honestly, there should be 50 people on here, like, dying to be on here. We, we did that the second time, uh, the second episode. We did, remember, that's too Ricky? Many we, too. We, I just mean, like, we need to get everyone together that has... We had, like, 40 people. It was, it's too much, probably, but... It was, it anyway. was a bit much. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I am uh, at themelkshow.com, themelkshow.com. I had to start Twitter over, but I'm over there now. Mel K show. And then I'm, uh, my main hubs rumble. Uh, anyone can find me there. And, uh, I have a free resource page on the Mel K show.com. There's a lot of stuff that, uh, you can follow the money. That's what I like to do the most. And, uh, always ends up the same 10 billionaires. So it's, it's pretty shocking. And, uh, other than that, I'm all over where you can find podcasts and audio casts and all that. The Mel K show. We appreciate the hell out of you and Steve, you and pasta are, Having fun every morning. Yeah. What's uh, is Pasta in town or is he on the road? He he is. He's snoozing though. We we've all had a, a like just. It's been a heck of a week here in in Las Vegas. And um, but yeah, no, we're still doing the thing. And Monday through Friday, seven to ten, Rockfin and Rumble, and soon to be absolutely everywhere uh, is AM Wake Up. I also do a show called Slow News Day once a week on Sunday morning. And a show called Blunt Force Wisdom in North Vegas that is moving to Tuesdays now. Uh, all of the social media is at Slow News Day Show and then AM Wake Up on the Twitters. Uh, come hang out. We we have fantastic conversations and have a lot of fun. Uh, I love the show. It is the best morning show out there. I am not just saying that. You guys always have a ton of information. Whenever I ask you about something, you're like, yeah, we talked about that on the show three days ago. You know, it's like you're always like three days ahead of of me on whatever it really is. Killer researchers, and they're they're constantly feeding us stuff. And the thing that is fun about doing it daily, that um, you you just you get all of it like the night before that morning, and you're absorbing it real time. And the challenge is to incorporate what you already know about the subject with what's in front of you in the moment. And it's live and it, you're going to screw up. And we have sad trombones and car crashes and all that stuff for when it happens. So it's yeah, yeah, it's, it's all it's all happening unfiltered in real time. And you know what? People like that because it's authentic and they can relate to it. Even the fuck ups and whatever. It's still fun. That's the thing is if they know you're coming from a good place, they give you the benefit of the doubt when you step on your dick from time to time. Pardon my French, but you know, 
I love the show. I love the format and you guys have fun. And, and you were nice enough to have me in studio, which was a treat for me. Uh, Any, anytime you're in Vegas, Charlie Robinson. And thank you as always for having me on the best ensemble podcast in the universe. We, we try, we try Ricky. Um, what's going on over at the ripple effect? You're always ahead of, you've got the best Rolodex of anybody I know. So if there's some person that you're like, damn, man, I'd love to have him on the show. Ricky's like, oh, I had him on a month ago. So who are we supposed to be jealous of now? I, I actually have a, a big whistleblower. I hopefully does, uh, he, he decides to come on the show. We, we've been talking about some stuff. It's one of the, the big stories recently, but this guy's deep into it and, uh, Nice. gonna have to hide his identity but he um it, you know i'm really excited about that that show if uh if everything goes as planned but i'm, I'm very much like uh graham i know graham and my and i have talked about this uh about when we're trying to get guests we try to get people that are just unique unusual it's people that aren't you know there's tons of guests that we love that do the rounds and we're like i love this person oh you know like whitney shows up on am wake up and then on the ripple effect and grimerica and then you know it's like we all love whitney but it's also fun to find those little gems of guests that it's like oh some kind of unknown person that uh you know you can kind of expose and, and share with the world so it's uh, I, I do my best i do my best to, to try to get those those people you know alex craner for example he's another one yeah dr jessica rose you know she was a a gem that i've that actually was dr jack who who told me about her and then you know now she's kind of a household name but it's fun to find those those great guests and help them kind of spread their their wisdom and, and info so yeah and and i'm i'm just a super curious person that's so I'm, I'm all over the place i'm you know from a musician to this to that you know to to a history you know historian or whatever anybody who has a very fascinating perspective on on the world or their work then i want to talk to them and kind of pick at their brain but um but the ripple effect ripple effect com is where you can find all my links i'm on bandai video rumble bitchu rockfin and uh some others um, i'm not on youtube but i do have a clips channel that i neglect and found that it takes way longer to make clips than it does to record the actual <laughs> episode so I, I don't do a whole lot of uh, uploading on there but uh and then uh, the audio is available everywhere so um the ripple effect podcast.com and uh but i a lot of people like this show because i talk too much on the other show so this one i can be more of a listener <laughs> And one it's quick a, thing before I forget the uh, Randall Randall that one we were talking about that episode. So yeah. his live one on his on his YouTube. So the Randall Carlson YouTube channel has it's live number twenty one is where he discusses the JRE thing and and the Malcolm stuff. So. I we're gonna cool. have to stick to this story because this I am so just drawn to this story because I I when when Eric Weinstein and we talk I don't I don't remember if we talked about this when we started recording or, or prior to that but. This whole idea of like really looking at technology from like the perspective of like you, if you remove computer technology, like technology hasn't moved that much, and which may and when you put that in perspective, right? Like everything else, like you know, uh, cars haven't advanced that quickly if you take out basically the computers and <laughs> and a lot of other things, you know, ha- hasn't advanced that quickly. So it's like to think that somebody could rediscover and I, and I say rediscover because I think many of us are believers that older civilizations could have 
you know, had a understanding of frequencies or gravity or energy that either that wisdom was either lost because of, you know, some great apocalypse like Graham Hancock talks about and Randall Carlson, or it was suppressed by, you know, the, what, I don't know, secret societies or these higher class of people who think that this knowledge should be suppressed from the average person. Like, either way, like, it just, a, a episode on, you know, on Rogan's show, which is the biggest show in the world, that turns, like, energy and science and technology upside down i mean it to some people they look at it as like okay what's the big deal to me i'm I'm looking at it from the perspective like it could turn the way we look at the world completely upside down and and i think that's dangerous right that could that could be dangerous so um it, it yeah it, it's it's fascinating it's um you know, I, I'm that Randall Carlson thing. I, I'm I'm hoping that eventually, maybe even on the Grimerica show, we can get a uh, get to hear Randall Carlson's perspective on on what he thinks is going on and why he thinks he's so hesitant to to release that episode. But uh, stay tuned because we'll be I'm sure we'll be talking about it as this information and this story develops. For sure, uh, Sam Tripoli was here. You can go find Tinfoil Hat. Uh, and all of his other shows, samtripoli.com is the website. Uh, Macroaggressions, I have an episode coming out this uh, Wednesday called America Last. I think you'll probably understand what I'm getting at with that. Go check it out wherever podcasts are served in audio format and as a video on band.video, Rockfin, Odyssey, and vigilante.tv. Thanks, everybody. Oh, wait, OBDM. Don't forget, OBDM show. Fun. Oh, um, Midnight Mike, OBDM. Um, Mike took the, uh, Mike's on vacation, a much needed vacation. So uh, OBDM is on hiatus for a couple of weeks, but uh, don't forget about that. It's the best podcast in the world. Thank you, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, thanks, everybody. Take care. Take care.